When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes coming to you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of this republic, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iHeart and iTunes. And all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. You can shoot me an email. The address is right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent lines and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I got a lot of emails complaining that I uh, didn't post a show on 9-11 or didn't broadcast a show live on the Mojo Five O radio network on 9-11. And I plead not guilty. I did put together a show on 9-11. There was uh, some sort of technical glitch on the Mojo, and uh, it instead played the rerun from the the day before. But uh, I put it together, and if you want to listen to it, you can go over to my website, jimdaws.com, and listen to it. Uh, it's uh, episode 701, titled Have We Forgotten? Uh, the the on-demand, the podcast, did uh, big numbers, so maybe uh, maybe the people uh, that normally listen on Mojo have already gone over there and listened. But if you're interested, that's how you can find it. While I'm on the topic of emails, uh, I I regularly get uh, some uh, repeat emails complaining that I didn't answer their previous email. I want to, I want to tell you that uh, I can't answer them all. I do read them all, and uh, and I consider them. Uh, some of them I can't figure out because, frankly, uh, they're a little bit far out there. But I try to answer as many as I can, and I do read them all. Um, <laughs> I got uh, a couple of, actually three emails last week complaining about my introductions. It's too long. <laughs> It is a little long for uh, the normal format, but I'm trying to grow the audience here, so I need to let everybody know how they can contact the show and how how they can uh, listen. So, as soon as uh, we've uh, you know grown the audience to sufficient numbers, I'll probably shorten that up. But until then, I hope you'll uh, you'll uh, tolerate uh, the overly long intro. So the Atlantic magazine, a once legitimate, um, you know, uh, culture and politics magazine had a proud history. It's since been bought up, uh, uh, about 70% of, of controlling interest by 
Steve Jobs widow Lauren Jobs, and uh, and she has converted it into a personal propaganda outlet, very similar to what Jeff Bezos has done with the Washington Post. And if you wonder whether or not Lauren Jobs has any intention of being a a fair arbiter on the on these issues of politics, you just need to know that she donated over half a million dollars to Joe Biden's campaign. I would imagine that's just the part of her donations that have made it into the the public disclosures. There's probably a lot of dark money that are flowing to Joe Biden's packs out of uh, the fortune Steve Jobs made. But the Atlantic Magazine published an op-ed in this last issue, the one that came out after they did the bogus hit piece claiming that Donald Trump called the World War II dead in France losers and suckers. Uh, They're now publishing a, a piece that's threatening that if... Republicans are foolish enough to elect Donald Trump. They can expect more of these riots. It's another one of these veiled threats. This uh, piece is, is authored by somebody named Shadi Hamid. And he writes, a loss by Joe Biden under these circumstances is the worst case scenario, not because Trump will destroy America. He can't. But because... It is the outcome most likely to undermine faith in democracy, resulting in more social unrest and street battles that cities including Portland, Oregon, and Seattle have had in recent months. And this is where it gets to it. For this reason, strictly law and order Republicans who have responded in dismay at the scenes of rioting and looting have an interest in Biden winning. In presidential elections, once is a fluke, twice is a pattern. He's talking about the popular vote versus the electoral college there. I struggle, he says, to imagine how, beyond utter shock, millions of Democrats will process a Trump victory, a loss for Biden after having been the clear favorite all summer with these cooked up polls would provoke mass delusion with electoral politics as a means of change. At a time when delusion is already dangerously high, if Democrats can't beat a candidate as unpopular as Trump, his approval rating is over 50% now, during a devastating pandemic and a massive economic contraction, then are they even capable of winning presidential elections any longer? Democracy, after all, is supposed to self-correct after mistakes particularly mistakes as egregious as electing Donald Trump, whose unfitness for the nation's highest office makes it apparent with almost every passing day. This is where he gets to the the uh, most overt part of his threat. For democracy work, the losers of elections need to believe that they can win the next time around. Otherwise, their incentives to play the spoiler increase. A breakdown of democracy is always a possibility. But the country is more resilient than it may seem, and consolidated democracies seldom break down in any circumstance. That said, he says, this is one of those propositions that is better left untested. So what he's he's saying there is, if you believe in law and order, if you want the riots to stop, if you want BLM to start stop assassinating police officers, 
You need to vote for Joe Biden because uh, if you elect Donald Trump, you ain't seen nothing yet. So they publish two issues in a row of this um, hysterical propaganda. Lauren Jobs has converted the Atlantic magazine to um, to just a uh, another piece of left-wing propaganda. They were always, you know, center-left, but now they have gone off the deep end. So I want to talk about the the shooting in Compton of the two sheriff's deputies. They are both um, out of critical condition and expected to recover fully. Well, I say fully. The young lady uh, deputy that was shot, mother of a six-year-old child, had a big part of her jaw blasted off, and she's going to be permanently disfigured. She showed great courage and resolve in helping her her, uh, fellow deputy take cover. He had been shot in the forehead and uh, was disoriented and she um, helped him to take cover behind a uh, a building um, column and attempted to call for backup even though her jaw was uh, mostly shut off the dispatcher was having a very hard time understanding her and uh, Al Sharpton over on Morning Joe's show is suspecting that, um, well, BLM is not responsible for this. This is another one of those cases of um, right-wing subversives uh, that have been for months out there now. I among them uh, should be saying we are not anti-police and we are certainly not uh, for killing or shooting. Yeah, well, your actions belie that. Here's the part of the clip, I think. The cause than anything else. Some, I suspect, in my own way of thinking, could be planted in order to hurt us because that is so extreme from our position. Let me be real. Yeah, it's not extreme from your position, BLM and Al Sharpton, who regularly calls police officers pigs and has incited riots, deadly riots himself, wants to try to wiggle off the hook for responsibility for this. When, in, when it is quite obvious that every time BLM cranks up this anti-cop rhetoric, dehumanizing these police officers, that they have uh, adherents, followers, acolytes that go out there and act on that rhetoric. And this is kind of in keeping, you know, the, uh, the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, accused right-wing white nationalist provocateurs into causing the riots that Antifa and BLM have conducted and are still ongoing for over 100 days now in Portland. They've tried to blame the murder of the, the Federal Protective Service officer in Oakland on, um, on the, not the boogie boys, what do they call them, the, the, um, the anarchists that wear... Hawaiian shirts in every case where uh, the the uh, perpetrator is not caught 
they try to turn around and say, well, it was really one of these shady white nationalists that did this. So on Tucker's show, he highlighted last night a BLM activist out in L.A. that uh, activist, that's not a proper term, a rabble rouser and an, uh, an instigator named Kevin Wharton Price, who took to his Facebook page after the attempted assassination of these two officers and uh, celebrated. I just want to inform everybody that two sheriff deputies uh, were sitting at the Compton Metro Station and uh, a unknown assailant walked up and bust a cap on both of them. Shot him in the head. All right. So, you know, I mean, and he got away. All right. They have no suspect, no identity, no nothing, you know. So, I mean, what are we supposed to do, y'all? We're supposed to celebrate today because the oppressor has been slain. And if you don't think that uh, these executioner gang members, if you don't think. So there's there's your Black Lives Matter rhetoric right there. Out of Africa town leader Kevin Wharton Price, a very prominent and influential activist rabble rouser in Los Angeles, celebrating, he thought when he made this Facebook video that they were actually dead. He was celebrating that. <laughs> Facebook hasn't taken this video down, by the way. It's still on Twitter as well, it's still on YouTube. They censor the hell out of me on all of those platforms. If you really want to follow me and know that you can still find me, you need to go to some of these alternative sites like, um, like parlor or gab or minds or BitChute. They censor the hell out of me, but Kevin Wharton price can be on those platforms advocating for violence. And, uh, that's just fine, I guess. He has uh, a, a, an approved, institutionally approved point of view by the Democrat Party, by big corporations, by the NFL. And this Kevin Wharton Price was also the, uh, the low life that led to this demonstration at St. Francis Hospital where the deputies had been taken for treatment went over there and tried to provoke the police officers that are, um, you know, concerned about the shooting of their fellow officers. He streamed that as well. Staff, whatever. What's up there, Black family? This is Kevin Ward Price, Africatown Coalition. We are out here at St. Francis Hospital where two of uh, America's most notorious gang members have been brought to. Uh, we're going to go up here and... Uh, just check on uh, these murderers right here and see what's up. They tried to force their way into the emergency room, tried to force their way past the guards when the uh, deputies came out to protect the hospital and their, their fallen members. Kevin Ward-Price and his gang of lowlifes started calling them pigs and using just the most vile uh, threats against them that you can imagine. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, 
Tom Perez, nobody in the Democrat Party has come out and condemned him by name. This guy, according to Tucker Carlson last night, has uh, has met with um, the L.A. Mayor Garcetti several times, and Garcetti has tried to to use him as part of his political coalition. You know, I used to worry about the militarization of police, about them, you know, uh, uh, wearing black outfits with face masks and uh, military equipment and everything. <laughs> Not anymore. We are facing an insurrection in this country, and the police departments are going to be on the front lines. The problem is uh, these police officers rely on leadership that are appointed by far-left Democrats, and they're dependent on the uh, the Democrats to pay their salaries. So there's going to be a limit to how much they're allowed to defend themselves. And you had the Democrat nominee and sitting senator in Massachusetts yesterday say that uh, we've got to uh, take away uh, police weapons like uh, semi-automatic rifles and and not allow them to use tear gas. Sitting U.S. senator, he doesn't want them to be able to use tear gas for crowd control. We're going to run out to a break. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back. Stick with us. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. You know, I spoke back there about Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and uh, and Google as well, uh, censoring this show and me. Um, it was, I guess it was year before last that I, I had uh, been building a pretty good size audience on those platforms. And when the audience reached some sort of peak mass where, you know, it could uh, actually get some traction viral, all of those platforms, uh, I guess I had come to their attention because I, I had passed a thir- certain threshold, all of those platforms simultaneously started shadow banning and, uh, and, and, uh, delisting me. And you can't find my tweed, uh, my, my, uh, feed on any of those platforms now, unless you go there looking for it, type in my name and the show name. And, you know, when you see uh, these actual radicals that are uh, encouraging and inspiring violent protests and attacks on police officers, and they're allowed a platform on theirs, you have to start wondering what exactly is going on there. And, you know, we've had guests on this show that have talked about the new form of warfare that uh, big nations have learned not to engage in open warfare any longer. They engage in warfare by other means, cyber and uh, social manipulation and things. And I just wonder how infiltrated these platforms are by our, uh, our, our, our geostrategic foes. And I'm speaking most especially of China. Are they taking advantage of our freedoms in order to attack us and uh, and sow dissent and social disintegration? I think there's a lot of evidence that they are. But, you know, we've got free speech in this country, and the only 
voices that are being denied their free speech on these platforms are people that are arguing for law and order and a return to a more traditional uh, American politic. And they are they're using artificial intelligence to engineer public opinion. Those platforms are, I know, and I suspect they are very vulnerable to, uh, to manipulation from, from uh, our foes as well because the things that I'm arguing for and the things that other conservatives are arguing for on these platforms are not radical. They are the opposite of radical. And they're continuing to allow the radicals, the actual radicals, to, uh, to organize. And I think, I suspect, strongly suspect, that the Democrats are completely aware that this is going on and they are trying to, uh, to weaponize it for their own thirst for power. This, um, this Democrat donor website, they uh, act blue. They collect money and then they decide where they're going to send it to advance the leftist agenda. They've donated huge amounts of money on behalf of uh, the Biden campaign to his various PACs and other dark money nonprofits. And now we're learning that in 2019, nearly half of the money that they received, $346 million of the money they received, came from unemployed donors. Unemployed donors, 4.7 million unemployed donors gave $346 million to Act Blue. Now, this was 2019 at the time. Unemployment rate in this country was about 4%. So, one, you got to ask yourself, how are these people, if they're so poor, able to donate so much to Act Blue? And two, how are there so many unemployed people on there? Literally half of their donations came from Act Blue. I mean, came from unemployed donors. <sighs> The Republican version of that received less than 5% of their donations from people claiming to be unemployed. And on top of that, Act Blue accepts credit card payments that are not traceable. They are not able to tell what country of origin they came from. And uh, the trend is continuing this year. 2020 data from January through August actually showed an uptick, an increase in unemployed donations. They're now at 50.1%. Now, if the, if the Republicans were doing this, it would lead the national newscast on all the networks. It would be on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post. It would be uh, up-ranked. Uh, on Google, it would be a constant story, but as it is, you can only find these stories on the outlets that are censored on social platforms. And that's what I'm referring to. I, I think we're under attack. 
I think we're under attack by uh, by China, who have got artificial intelligence crawling the internet, finding out everything they can about you, targeting you for disinformation and propaganda, and the ultimate objective is to sow discord and disintegration in this country and by any measure you would have to say that they've been very successful got to run out to a break when we come back we'll take a look at the biden campaign what trump was up to yesterday and the latest announcement out of the wildfires in california right after these messages on right now with jim dawes on the mojo 50 radio network stick with us Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, there's a big saying among the Black Lives Matter activists, say their names. They want you to say the name of George Floyd. They want you to say the name of Jacob Blake. As this saying their name will wash away the fact that these two were career criminals and, and miscreants, both of who resisted arrest. They keep saying that George Floyd was murdered. Even people on the right say that George Floyd was murdered. George Floyd was not murdered. He was, uh, he was handled roughly by Derek Chauvin, but you can't asphyxiate somebody by putting a knee on the back of their neck. George Floyd died of a massive drug overdose of fentanyl and methamphetamine that were found in his system. He will probably spend the rest of his life in prison, even though he is not responsible for George Floyd's death. And um, and they, they want you to say his name. They have turned him into a deity. People are bowing down to George Floyd. He had, I think, four separate funerals, buried in a gold-gilded casket, murals of him all over. They have turned him into a martyr, when in fact, what he was was a lifelong criminal, drug addict. Had a bunch of kids that he never provided for, some of whom never even laid eyes on him. And that is the new deity among the Democrats. So I want to say their names a little bit myself. I'm going to say the names of the police officers that have been assassinated due to this violent Black Lives Matter rhetoric. You remember the five Dallas police officers that were 
assassinated by the Black Lives Matter activists at a Black Lives Matter mostly peaceful protest. One of the officers' name was Lauren Ahrens, Ahrens, A-H-R-E-N-S. Michael Krolls, Michael Smith, Bart Thompson, Patrick Zemripa. Right there in Dallas, Texas, the NFL at the time refused to allow the Dallas Cowboys to wear their names on their helmets. Actually, it was just a a small little um, uh, icon that they wanted to wear. NFL refused to allow it, but now that same NFL has their players running all over the field with the name of George Floyd and Jacob Blake and other um, black people that were killed resisting arrest. The three officers in Baton Rouge that were murdered by that black separatist and adherent to Black Lives Matter ideology was Brad Garofola, Matthew Gerald, and Montreal Jackson. In New York City, you had two officers, similar to these officers in Compton, were sitting in their patrol vehicle when a a Black Lives Matter radical who had traveled there from Baltimore shot and killed both of them, shot them in the head, Rafael Ramos and Senjin Liu. And there's uh, about a dozen more police officers that have been murdered by acolytes of the Black Lives Matter movement. This latest perpetrator who is on film shooting the two L.A. deputies appears to be a dwarf. He has all of the physical characteristics of dwarfism, but apparently in Compton, California, nobody can figure out who this guy is. You know, I have yet to hear any elected Democrat official say one questioning negative word about Antifa or Black Lives Matter, even the Democratic elected officials in the cities that they're burning down will not condemn them by name. So let's take a look at the presidential race. Kamala Harris was out at a um, a Latino event trying to counteract Donald Trump's inroads that he's making into the um, the Latino vote. And she said this, which uh, really pulled the veil off what exactly is going on with the Biden candidacy. You need to make sure you have a president in the White House who actually sees you, who understands your needs, who understands the dignity of your work, and who has your back. A Harris administration together with... <laughs> so I don't know if that is what they call a dog whistle, letting people know that it's really, you know, she's really going to be the president. Or if she just, um, you know, is having a hard time not vocalizing the reality of what's going on. But there it is. She right after she said in a Harris administration with Joe Biden as president, she she realizes what she done and tries to correct it. <laughs> 
and who has your back. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, the Biden-Harris administration. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, sometimes I, I think I'm living in uh, some sort of uh, national lampoon uh, simulation. She She can't even keep the truth of what's going on under wraps. A Harris administration with Joe Biden. Joe Biden, for his part, took to a field in eastern Pennsylvania. <laughs> Had some sort of event. That, you talk about some low energy events. He actually went out in the middle of, I guess it was a, a, a wheat field. They don't grow wheat in Pennsylvania, do they? But he's he's standing out there. They they've got a handful of um, reporters sitting in these giant circles that they were somehow able to put on the ground outdoors on this pasture. And um, Joe Biden got up there and immediately started getting attacked by by bugs. One was sitting on his shoulder at one point. Um, just sitting on his right shoulder, looking at the camera. And none of this is happening in a vacuum. A recent study showed air pollution is linked with increased risk of death from COVID-19. Yeah, that's true. Guess what else is true? The air pollution before these wildfires, at least, I don't know what effect that's had on them, but air pollution in this country were down below the targets that the Obama administration had committed to in the Paris Climate Accord. So not only has Donald Trump been able to rev up the energy sector, but he's been able to do it at the same time of protecting the, uh, the air quality. Our economy can't recover if it can't build back. With more resiliency, more ability to withstand extreme... This is when I wish I was on video. You have got a big bug, it's larger than Joe Biden's thumb, sitting on his shoulder as Joe Biden talks, looking at the camera. Extreme weather, extreme weather that will only come with greater frequency and intensity. Now it's climbing up his neck. The unrelenting impact of climate change affects every single solitary one of us. But too often, the brunt falls disproportionately on communities of color exacerbating the need for environmental, for environmental justice. Sorry, as a bug. <laughs> <laughs> so climate change is racist, Speaking too. Of the environment. Climate change is racist. It affects black people more. It's disproportionate. There's got to be uh, a racial aspect to everything. Here he is uh, glitching again yesterday. That's not the clip. Here we go. Bill and I continued, as I suspect all of you do, is pray for everyone in California, Oregon, and Washington, and across the West as these devastating wildfires rage on, just as we hold them in our hearts, those who have faced the hurricanes, tropical storms off our coast of Florida, North Carolina, or like parts of New Orleans that, in fact, have just been issued an emergency evacuation order for Hurricane Sally. It's not Hurricane Sally. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, well, it's a, 
he went on, he tried to, uh, to uh, make an appeal to the suburbs. Not only does climate change disproportionately affect uh, minorities, but he wants to turn climate change on an argument that suburban voters that are falling away from his campaign in droves because of his campaign's utter failure to condemn Black Lives Matter and Antifa. He tries to use the boogeyman of climate change to scare the hell out of them as well. And wildfires. How many suburban neighborhoods will have been flooded out? How many suburbs will have been blown away in superstorms? If you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more America blaze? So the Democrats want to shut down the American economy, go all green, eliminate fossil fuels, uh, retrofit every structure in America, a bunch of other things that have nothing to do with green energy and that, uh, that Green New Deal. But even if the United States were to do even more on climate change, and we're already doing more than any major industrialized country except for maybe Germany, who uh, tried to eliminate all fossil fuels and immediately realized they couldn't maintain an industrialized economy by doing that. But even if we did more, uh, uh, we can't control China where the vast majority of the increase in carbon emissions come from. We can't control India. So we would basically be just destroying our own energy sector. At the same time, we'd turn right around and buy that energy from Middle East sheiks who, uh, who are opposed to or who hate us. But even if, even if you believed in climate change, why would you be opposed to forest management in order to control these wildfires out West. If you really believed in climate change, then forest management would be even more important because there's nothing the U S can do unilaterally to control all of this. Trump for his part was out in California, uh, meeting with Gavin Newsom and the, uh, the, the, uh, leaders that are trying to fight the wildfires out there. And Gavin Newsom, to his great credit, gave the Trump administration uh, credit for being a good partner in fighting these fires. And there's no doubt in my mind that many of these fires are started by arson. Yeah, it, it is a very dry season. California has these dry seasons regularly, and, uh, and these may, this may be the worst in many, many years. But... If you look at a satellite map of these fires, you can see that there are multiple, multiple points of origin. So having one big fire or a few big fires spread, you know, because of the, the conditions of the, the unmanaged forces forests and the dry conditions, you could, you could understand that. The problem is you've got so many points of origin and they all along the I five corridor that runs up the West coast goes through LA and Oakland and San Francisco and Portland. And if you look at that fire map, you'll see that so many of these fires are right along that corridor. There's a few inland, but that's uh, that's pretty common. They're not, they're not clustered or concentrated there. 
the fact that there's a concentration along this interstate tells you that these are human in origin. So the question is not whether or not these are arson. The question is, who's doing it? Now, the Democrats and the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC will tell you there is no way that Antifa or Black Lives Matter is responsible for these arsons. Hoping that you will ignore it entirely that those two groups have engaged in arson for over four months now in cities across America. But while they will burn a business, we're being asked to believe that there's no way that they would set these these wildfires. We're seeing more and more videos on um, on social media of these arsonists in action. They're being caught by homeowners setting fires. They're leaving physical evidence, commercial grade fireworks that they uh, they have been using in the riots. And in fact, uh, just last night, uh, police in in um, an area in a county outside of Portland arrested. A man, not once, but twice for starting multiple brush fires, including one with a Molotov cocktail. Now, how this guy was released from jail for starting these fires, that's attempted murder as as far as I'm concerned. But one of these Soros DAs released him back into the public. He went right back at it and started another fire. There was another man arrested west of Eugene, Oregon, for starting fires, and four were arrested in um, in Washington. Four more were uh, arrested in Washington State. They keep telling us that uh, Joe Biden's going to win this thing. He is um, hands down the favorite, and the betting lines even reflect that. Trump is now over 50% approval rating. That's coming out of Rasmussen, the only polling organization that correctly called the 2016 um, state of the race. It is the highest in his presidency. So as he comes into the election season, his approval rating is going up. That's just the opposite of what normally occurs. And if... If the pollsters are acknowledging that Trump's over 50% in approval, imagine what that number really is because we know that certain people that answer the phone are, are reluctant to admit their support of Donald Trump because they, uh, you know, they've seen what happens to Trump supporters. Trump's polling on the economy far outpaces Joe Biden's. And the economy is the number one issue, as per usual, on voters' minds, even even greater than the uh, the unrest in the streets and the COVID and all of these other ginned up crises. First and foremost, people are concerned about the economy and getting people back to work. And Donald Trump is acknowledged as the guy that knows how to do that. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. 
What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. I noticed on the uh, uh, the news yesterday that they were starting to uh, to advertise for the upcoming debates, and it's going to be the first one is going to be hosted by a Fox News moderated by Chris Wallace, who's going to do his best to uh, to take it easy on old Joe and and hammer Trump. I don't know if that's the case. He he may he may step up to the occasion, but. They're using this uh, the, the the COVID numbers of approaching two hundred thousand deaths. I don't know how many of those are legitimate and how many are ginned up by hospitals in order to collect their thirty nine thousand dollar premium for each COVID death. But that number is approaching two hundred thousand, and I remember those projections that uh, that Doctor Burks. And uh, and Anthony Fauci were uh, were showing on their graphs at these daily COVID nineteen press briefings that uh, the president was holding, and I remember clearly that two hundred thousand was the low end of the spectrum. If they they were saying that if we did everything right, we might keep the number of deaths down to two hundred thousand. Well, that's as the virus subsides, it looks like we're going to come in right around that number, not the 2 million that were originally um, feared, not the 600,000 that, uh, that the revised projections were predicting, but 200,000. So if the media were honest, they would have to admit that the administration was able to keep the projections down to the very lowest that the the uh, the modelers were predicting. Did you see this story where Joe Rogan is offering to host a debate with um, with the president and Joe Biden? He is he's not a big um, Biden supporter. <laughs> he acknowledges that the guy is uh, not up for the job, but he has offered to host a four hour debate. Now this is a debate where Joe Biden would be allowed to sit down and just engage in a back and forth, answer some tough questions. Donald Trump, when he heard about it, he immediately agreed to it. It's normally the, the incumbent that's reluctant to agree to additional debates. But in this case, it's Joe Biden question whether or not he's going to uh, to engage in any of these baits, in, at least in person. Here's Joe Rogan making this offer. You be the control mechanism to the candidates, like a Biden-Trump debate with Joe Rogan hosting. Mm. Your questions. I would want that. First of all, I'd want no one else in the room. I ju- I just, just the, the three people? of us. 
cameras so we we can record the truth. Like, yeah, just the three of us. And you would have to stream it live so no one could edit it. Don't. And I would want them in there for hours. And ideas, we get to hear yeah. what they actually believe in, yeah. what they're going to do, who they're going to appoint, yeah. what judges are going to be coming in, what policies from gun control to yes. all of it. Yes. Can't, why, why can't we right. have that? We should have that. This is 2020. I mean, we have the ability to have that. This is, this, we're not talking about 1979. <laughs> we're talking about 2020. If they wanted to do that, they both wanted to come here in Austin, sit down, and have a debate, I would 100% do it. So when Trump heard that, he immediately agreed. Biden Biden has still not responded. Uh, there's no way he's going to agree to do that because he's going to count on the uh, the friendly media and uh, and you know as many leaked questions as he can get his hands on. I think that this, I, I still believe that this thing is going to shape up somewhere where Biden says you know it would be a violation of the COVID restrictions and uh, he'll do it from his basement uh, on Zoom so that he can have his his teleprompter up there next to him. Did you see this uh, story of the, uh, the former Democrat candidate for governor of Florida, Andrew Gillum. He's uh, out of rehab now where he went and hid after he was discovered in a hotel room in Miami with methamphetamine and a gay escort, gay prostitute. Well, Mr. Gillum has now tried to figure out a way to put his political career back together, and he's determined that the best way to do that is to come out as one of the Democrat Party's favorite constituencies, and that is uh, homosexuality. Um, he, well, you listen to the clip. And to be very honest with you, when you didn't ask the question, um, you put it out there is whether or not I identify as gay. And the answer is I don't identify as gay, but I do identify as bisexual. And that is something that I have never shared publicly before. <laughs> How do I get past this? Oh, I, I get on board with uh, one of the Democrat Party's most prized groups. Here, his life. What do you want? Here he is describing that night in that Miami hotel room. What people to know about the purpose, your intention when you went to that room? I would say the reason why I went to that room is probably no different than how anybody might communicate with someone that they are in a friendship, relationship, whatever. <laughs> My intention of going to that room with that gay prostitute and methamphetamine was just whatever anybody else would do in a normal relationship, he says. Um, I understand very well what people assume about that. When that photo came out, I didn't recognize the person on the floor. The rest of us recognized you. That was not anything more than a person being at their most vulnerable state unconscious, having given no consent, and someone decided to use a moment where I was literally lying in my own vomit. And when you first saw it, <laughs> I don't know how you're still standing. <laughs> oh, well, he definitely wasn't standing in that motel room. He was passed out on the floor in his own vomit 
with methamphetamine in the room and a gay prostitute. I guess he was also passed out. A notorious Miami gay prostitute, a bodybuilder, white guy. I am not gay. I have relationships with women and sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> ah, that's mean. That's mean. Let poor Andrew Gillum worm his way back into the good graces of the Democrats' party. This guy was almost governor of the state of Florida. He's on the down low, as they like to say. He's on the down low. He is uh, maintaining a... Uh, a public image of being a, a straight family man while at the same time he's traveling down to Miami and uh, going into motel rooms with a gay prostitute and uh, taking methamphetamine. You remember when Kevin Spacey got in trouble, he, uh, he also came out as, as bisexual Andrew Gillum, uh, Gillum is engaged in a public relations campaign and trying to put together his his uh, career. He's trying to, you know, say this is going to hurt him. But the truth is, in today's Democrat Party, coming out as a bisexual is going to be a huge advantage for him, except for maybe the black vote. The black people don't really take to that sort of thing real well. kind of doubt that we're going to see Andrew Gillum on the ballot anymore down here in Florida. They'll probably put him in a position at the DNC. He was a big golden boy of George Soros. George Soros and his interlocking network of nonprofits funded his campaign. And he came within a half point of being our governor down here. Thanks a lot, Democrats. Well, that takes us to the end of the day's show. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.